local community pulled and did about $4 million worth of damage. And here is a picture of that sinkhole. Somewhere in here was her house. And look at, look at the size of that. This gave way. Can you imagine hearing your dog barking and you go outside, you see what's going on, you see this big sinkhole, and all of a sudden there goes your house. I want you to take a, a, a mental picture of that and pull it in your mind as we look at the text in just a moment. Another one I found was an article written in The Guardian by a man named Peter Walker. It was written May 31st, 2010, and the title of it was Tropical Storm Agatha Blows a Hole in Guatemala City. So as that tropical storm Agatha went through Guatemala City, it blew a sinkhole. This thing swallowed up a three-story building. And you can see how deep it is. Uh, you can, almost can't even see the bottom of this picture, but there's a, another sinkhole. Now, I want you to keep these two images in mind as we read the text, Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. And you see, here's uh, Winter Park, and here's Guatemala City. So keep those images in mind as we read the words, Christ speaking here. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed or pounded, pounded against the house. Yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and it fell. No one did the fall, look what he says, and great was the fall. That word translated great in the Greek, by the way, is mega. And we get that word in, mega. It means big, huge. So not only did it fall, but it greatly fell down. It was big impact there. So building our lives on the rock of God's word is the only sure foundation we have. Every other foundation is like sinking sand. And we look at our world today. Some of the ideas and truths that guide our world may look like a decent foundation, but in the end, they're more like these sinkholes that will swallow us up. You also notice in the text we just read, he didn't talk about if the rain would come. It was only a matter of when the rain, when the storm would happen. As we read the parable that Jesus spoke, the rain that did come, the waters did rise, the winds blew and beat against the house. You can say right now that all of us are going through a storm, so to speak, with this pandemic, this social distancing, everything else that's been going on in the news. And let me remind you that in life, there's only three different areas you will be when speaking about storms. Either you're going through a storm right now, like most of us are with this pandemic, and shared storm as we walk through this, new experiences and the news, everything we're seeing happening. I just had a recent granddaughter born, I came to hold her and give her, give her a kiss, that's kind of weird to me. It's just weird. I'm ready to get this thing over with. We're going through the storm. So either you're going through a storm, or you're just coming out of a storm. And you're, you're looking back and see how God guided you through that storm. Or... Things are going well, you're about to go through the storm. And look what Jesus says in the text. That a person that hears his words and 
puts them into action, or acts on them, or puts them into action, will be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now, these people that first heard this parable, that would make very much sense to them, because they live in a Palestinian desert. And any wise person, when they erected a place to live, would tie it to a rock. So when the flash floods would come, when the sudden storm would come up and have flash flooding, it wouldn't fall down, it would hold up against the elements. A foolish person would just erect it on sand, and when those flash floods came from those storms that were growing pretty uh, rapidly, without any warning, their dwelling would be wiped away. There'd be no protection against the devastation of the elements. Now, while this is intimately linked to our salvation, it's not a save or not save passage. Because we can't do anything to earn our salvation. We are saved by faith, by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. It's not talking about a works-based salvation. What he's really getting at, I believe, is what gets you through those storms of life. What are you building your foundation of your life upon? Something that's going to last, something that's going to stand the test of time. If you go by what the world tells you, when those storms hit, everything's going to fall apart. Look what's happening in our society now. Our economy has almost come to a screeching halt. People are losing their jobs. The storms of life is happening to all of us. And you can get through this if you put your foundation on the rock of Jesus Christ. You can make it through this. If you put your hope in everything else, it'll come crashing down. I think God has reminded us yet again how quickly things could be taken away from us. The Apostle Paul talked about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 11 through 15. This is what he says. For no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if a man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each man's work will become evident. For the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire. And the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work which has been built on it remains, he will receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss. But listen, but yet, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. So what Jesus is talking about in this passage is what you're building your foundation of your life upon. Are you being wise or unwise in the way that you live? It's a difference between living a life full of joy or living a life that's full of misery. And he is pointing out to us a faith that will endure and overcome no matter what circumstances surround it, rather than a faith that will crumble and collapse when it's faced with just the slightest, slightest resistance. Jesus said it comes down to two things in the passage. Hear my word, but not just hear it. Live it. Apply it. Don't be just hearers of the word, the book of James tells us, but be doers of the word. Now when Jesus was teaching, and through his ministry here on earth, there's no way around the authority that he placed upon the Bible, the inherent word of God, the scriptures. In his ministry, he would point back and affirm the accounts of Abraham, Isaiah, Moses, and Jonah. He would quote the prophets and the law when he made his point. He testified to the authority of the Old Testament. Only that, when he's out in the desert and Satan is trying to tempt him, his temptations, how did Jesus respond? It is written. 
It is written. It is written. He demonstrates to us through his example there is truth and power in the word of God. And it is the foundation for living our lives. Hebrews 4.12 puts it this way. For the word of God is living and active and sharp with a two-edged sword and piercing as far as the divisions of soul and spirit, of joint and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. God's word is truth. Because it is God-breathed, it can cut the spiritual chains that hold your heart. It can reduce a fountain of joy deep within your soul, deep within your heart, and deep within your spirit. It's not just right and wrong, but it's aligning ourselves with the creator of the universe, going back the way things were intended to be in the first place. Therefore, it carries, the Bible carries his authority and his power. There is much power in truth. God's truth has all the power and all authority. But truth in general, there's power in it. And the clearest way to see that is consider the destruction and devastation that only one life can cause. For example, back in 1905, a man by the name of Sergio Villas penned a lie that basically said the Jewish people were conspiring to take over and corrupt the world. That I was picked up years later by the Nazi party. That would eventually lead to an extermination of six million people. That is a power of one lie. The truth changes everything. Think about the power of this thing. I was wrong. I, God, I get no amens in this room for that. I was wrong. Have you ever been wrong about a person? Have you ever been wrong about a situation? When you finally understood the truth, perhaps not a single thing changed about your circumstances. But with that one realization of the truth, everything changed at the same time. The truth is so beautiful and so powerful. And God, in his graciousness and his kindness, has revealed the truth that we need to live this life in the Bible. There's all sorts of lies that will attack you and me every day. And without the truth of God's word, we will feed them, we will believe them, we will live by them, and we will fall and fail because of them. For example, some of the lies that you're bombarded with every day. Here's an example. I will never, I will not ever really recover from this. I'm always one step away from falling all apart. I can keep getting away with this and no one will get hurt. I'm not as good, lovable, pretty, capable, or godly as he or she is. And here's the one, God is uptight, he's angry, he's unfair, he's uninvolved, he's unloving, he's unkind. God's word dispels all these lies. And when we hold on to the truth of his word, concerning those things, and put his word into practice, everything changes. God's word has been proven to be true time and time again, each generation for the last 3,500 years. And let me just go back. That one lie I'm not as good, lovable, pretty capable. I don't know who's all out there watching me this morning. But we get images all the time on TV on movies, and we get these people on there, and they, they, they project an image which is almost unnatural for us to even see. 
I mean, you probably look that good. I probably look that good. I had a professional hairstylist, a makeup artist, and, and someone dressing me all the time. In other words, they're putting out a standard. And they're telling us, in a way, you have to look this way to be accepted, to be loved. Let me tell you something right now. God created you, and he likes you, and he loves you just the way you are. You have that sin problem, so do I. He made a way. He, he cared about us so much, he wouldn't leave us there. He sent his son. Okay, you can't do anything. Please hear me hear me well. You cannot do anything to make God love you more or make God love you less. He loves you. This is the way you are because he created you. Don't just he love you, but he likes you. If you are a Christian, a follower of Jesus, you need to be in the Bible every day. Imagine only eating one day a week on Sunday. And the rest of the time, all you did was to drink water. I don't think you'd be very healthy, and I'm sure you wouldn't be very happy. You might even become a little irritable, as some people do. What they call hangry. I'm not hungry. I'm hangry. You're mad. I'm so hungry. You're mad. But we need to be in this word. And the point I'm trying to make is, if just for 10 minutes a day, if you would spend time reading his word, it will make the difference. Through his word and through our prayers, we get to have a two-way conversation with God. You know, there's different ways you can discern God's will. You can pray, and he'll respond. Uh, he can respond through the reading of his word sometimes. He'll respond when you get together for worship with other believers. But it is a two-way conversation. And I want to encourage you to make sure you have that quiet time. And I believe part of this door that we're going through now is God's trying to remind us, hey, be still and know that I am God. You're asking me all these things which don't slow down enough, you don't be quiet long enough to hear my answer to you. So it's a two-way conversation. The truth that we receive from his word and through prayer is something we can build our lives upon. We need to read the word. We need to study the word. We need to memorize the word. We need to be of the word. And above everything else, do what the word says, which goes back to verse 24 of our passage. Jesus talking about, if anyone hears these words of mine, acts on puts them into action. It will be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Your feelings will come and go like shifting sand. The wisdom of our culture changes and shifts multiple times with each generation. But God's word endures. God's word stands firm. It will always be proven true. Determine now that you will not just hear it, but you will put it into practice. Because when those waters rise, when those questions and doubts come, when that tragedy strikes, and when life pushes you back, you will stand firm on that foundation. People are watching us as we profess to be Christians. During this time, this pandemic, what are you building your foundation upon? It's like the old illustration I've heard I've repeated many times. If you have an orange and I squeeze an orange, what comes out? Everybody knows you get orange juice. If I squeeze an orange, there's no way in God's creation I'm going to get tomato juice out of that orange when I squeeze it. Here's the point. When life squeezes you, it will reveal where your heart truly is. 
we may look like a Christian on the outside, say all the right things, go about all the emotions, but when life throws that storm at you, everything you work for, labor for, everything you put stock in is ripped from you, what are you standing for? I believe that's what we're experiencing some of today with this pandemic. All those things we tend to put faith in, we tend to build our house on, even us as pastors. You know what the number one question is? Pastors do they ask each other on a Monday morning? How many people do you have to say? Now, I understand that numbers represent people's souls. But the question we should be asking ourselves, am I being faithful to his word? If one person shows up for five people, I need to be faithful to his word, period. God says, Tim, you take care of my message I'm telling you, I'll take care of the results. God has pushed the church out of its four comfortable walls. He's building. He's building, not the church. We're the church. I've said this before. We make sure that we're building our lives upon that foundation of Christ. So I'm going to challenge you this week. To prayerfully every day read God's word. Most of you probably do this. But spend time reading and wrestle with it. Don't go right to your Bible study notes or to your commentary. Just read it and let it kind of marinate in your mind and in your mind. Think about what's being said. And then ask yourself, God, what do you teach me in this moment? And that's something we all need to do. And I've been doing that the last few days. I'm not asking of God, what should Congress do? What should President Trump do? What are you teaching me, God, through this pandemic? What is it in my life you're trying to change the mold so I can stand at a better service? What is he teaching you? Make it personal. Perhaps in order to take that time out to be studying God's word, spend time in prayer, you need to Maybe set your alarm 10 minutes early, but maybe you take your Bible with you. I have my Bible on myself and I read right at work. I know you have that capability. But make time for it. Be faithful to do it. I mean, after all, if you can talk 10 minutes to God, wouldn't you jump out of the chance to have that conversation with If you do it just for one week, faithfully doing it, I'm telling you, it will make all the difference. And you'll want to continue that to have that conversation with them that now you will spread the Lord day to day. Truth of God's word, the rock who is Jesus Christ Himself. That's the foundation we need to build upon. This building is nice. There's a lot of stuff we can do with this building. But this building is now the foundation of the faith. The foundation of the faith in the living person in this name of Jesus Christ. If you've never put your faith in Christ, you never asked for Him. You never told Him that you broken his law and asked him to be born to save your life. I would invite you to do that today. Do not let this circumstance, what we're going through now, this pandemic and so don't let that stand in the way of you know. For all my brothers and sisters, please ask God, what do you teach me? Spend time in the show us pictures on this time. Look at these pictures that we see. If we don't trust God, so we don't make that, that foundation. This is the destruction, 